You are now listening to the Big Data Beard. Welcome back to another episode of the Big Data Beard podcast. Uh, I am Brett Roberts, your host for today, and with me is Kyle, who made the trek all the way across from the the bigger pond from Australia to yeah. join us here. And we're actually in beautiful Washington at the uh, Bellevue Microsoft campus. Uh, and uh, with me today, our, our guest is um, John J.G. Cheripora. Did I say that right? You said that? Ah, yes. Third time's a charm. Who's actually, he's the general manager of Azure Data and AI. So, JG, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, hey thanks for having us, guys. I mean, I finally get to meet yeah. the big data guys. Yeah. It, with the beard. With the beard. I mean. It's trademark. It's you, trademark. It is. It's incorporated. It's trademark. Uh, you don't have to have a beard to talk about yeah. big data. I, I tried to more. grow one, by the way, for this podcast. You did? Yeah. Didn't work. Crammed for it last night, right? Last night, yeah. It takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, but no, we're excited to have you on. Uh do us a favor. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself, what you do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, what I do is make our customers successful with data and AI on Azure. And this runs the gamut from basically helping them get their data estate in order, both on-premises and the hybrid environments and the cloud. Uh, help them understand the analytic techniques that you can apply on top of this and that eventually lead them to Nirvana with AI and turning those insights into action. Okay. Now, before we get into the portfolio and everything, yeah. I know that you're not the most famous person within your social media accounts. You do have uh, someone that's Insta-famous. Tell us a little bit about that, because that's oh, really interesting. That's true, yes. I'm not the famous, uh, most famous person uh, by a long shot uh, in, the, in the family. Mm -hmm. I have a dog called Captain Nemo. He's a rescue. That's he was a, a cockapoo. Great name. Uh, well, his name was Nemo, and you know he was one, he was bred as one of those uh, Christmas uh, holiday puppies, mm -hmm. and was abandoned. Oh. So, and his name was Nemo. That's what I, I guess after the fish thing, okay. the movie. And so, I I couldn't have a dog just called Nemo, so I just stuck a captain in front of. So him. he got a, a field promotion. He got a field promotion. Right to captain. And uh, you know he's a, he's a scary cat. Okay, so I had to stick the word badass. So the handle is. Captain Nemo badass. And it's like 50,000 followers. <laughs> yeah, 50,000 followers. Oh, wow. my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. But a lovable fellow. You know, every morning uh, he wakes me up, jumps on top of my chest, sits there. So, you know, so he makes my life. He's your dog out of the family. Oh, he's my dog. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he lies out. I mean, you know, the funny thing is when I sometimes, uh, when, they, when, when I leave for work, my wife sends me a picture. He just sort of lies in front of the garage. And for hours, sometimes, just waiting for me to come back home. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So shifting gears, getting yeah. back to what you're doing, yeah. let's talk a little bit about the portfolio and what Microsoft is offering to their customers, your customers, yeah. to help them get started with data, do great things with data, and then, again, bridge the gap to move to AI. Yes. Uh, you know, there's a reason why we look at data and AI together. And it all begins with really understanding what a customer has and helping them understand what they have in terms of data. So it starts with on-premises, right? So an on-premises, we have SQL Server. And if you follow the journey of SQL Server, it's no longer the SQL Server uh, that was released, first released, I think, 25 years ago. It is much more capable. It runs on Linux. It has big data capabilities coming in. And it helps them to manage the data, uh, uh, their data estate on possible. On its on premises, I'm sorry. And then from there, there's a ton of data assets in the cloud. 
for customers that choose to adopt data according to their own choice. For SQL Server customers, there's SQL DB, there's Postgres, there's MySQL, there's our famous uh, NoSQL database called Cosmos DB. From there, uh, we've got a set of analytics offerings. We've got Hadoop in the cloud in the form of HD Insight. We've got uh, Databricks that allow you to do Spark on data, SQL Data Warehouse. And from there, uh, we lead them to machine learning and AI through cognitive services, Azure Machine Learning, and uh, things like knowledge mining. So it's a, it's a, it's a big portfolio, but it's uh, carefully curated and uh, to really put the story together. Yeah. Now, you guys, obviously, Microsoft is a massive company who has yeah. a lot of offerings, but you guys are also up against some competition for other cloud providers. What do you think sets you apart as Microsoft against the other providers? Yeah, there are, I would say, about three things that set, set us apart. Uh, you know, compared to all the other cloud providers, what we have on-premises, it, it's our hybrid value proposition. The ra- the reality is not everybody is a born-in-the-cloud customer, right? There's a ton of data that's sitting on-premises. There's data that can never move to the cloud because of GDPR or privacy or security restrictions. So we of- offer and we continue to invest in SQL Server in a fundamental way to ensure that we never leave those customers behind. The second thing that really sets us apart is uh, the fact that we are built on trust. Trust and security is vital to us. Yeah, and, and you know, Azure is the cloud with the most amount of security uh, certifications and, and trust certifications compared to any other cloud. And the third thing is, it's the plethora of choice. We are, we work very hard to make our customers successful. We'll never compete with our customers, mm-hmm. right? And so that concept of openness and welcoming uh, all sorts of partners to the cloud, helping our customers be successful with Azure, whatever technology they use, whether it's SQL Server or Postgres, we're committed to the journey with them. That's really the, those are the three things that really set us apart to all the other clouds, Kyle. Yeah, and one of the things I've noticed is that you, you, to your point, you're not saying it's an all or nothing game, right? Yeah. You have options for on-prem. Yes. You have IaaS options. Yes. Then you have services that you can do in the cloud as well. Yeah. I also think, like, talk, can you talk a little bit about the three different options and how that provides almost a, 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 a runway, so to speak, to kind of be successful in, in the cloud or all? you know, off-premises. Yeah, so I so first, the, the way we see it is, yeah, so when you think about the, the Azure cloud, and, and, and this is probably true of any cloud, you know, there's a, the core starts with network storage and compute. And then on top of that, you really start building advanced applications, do, da- ma- do data management, analytics, AI, and things like that. But the, just to your point, I think when you, let's take a SQL Server customer. Let's say they want to utilize the cloud. It is up to me to f- provide the most amount of options to them in their migration and modernization journey. So somebody might come and say, hey, listen, I- all I really want to do is move to uh, infrastructure as a service and put the SQL server in, in a VM. Absolutely. We'll let you do that. We, in fact, have programs that make it financially much more attractive than any other cloud to make, uh, make them make the transition in a much more easy fashion. And that example is Azure Hybrid Benefit for SQL Server. If they say they want to modernize it, which means lift it, shift it, and change it, we give them, you know, essentially two options there. 
there's easy lift and shift into SQL database managed instance. No code changes are required. All you do is you pick it up, drop it into managed instance. It's instantly modernized. You don't have to worry about server versions. You don't have to worry about patches, nothing. If you want to rewrite it as a PaaS, sorry, as a SaaS application, you'd use something like Elastic Pools, another destination inside SQL DB. That's just one example, right? So we are, there is no tyrannical approach in how we think about this. We meet the customer where they are. We meet them according to their choice. And we say, what do you want? We will deliver, right? And we will meet you there. No, that that's great. And that's really important. I think another thing that's really important is uh, partnerships. Yes, and working with some of these third parties to help them, you know, integrate into your platform. So, can you talk about kind of what's Microsoft's position on partnering with other ISVs to kind of provide that full range of services and platforms or or solutions for customers? Yeah, uh, we are absolutely uh, we are clear right about the fact that uh, a customer has multiple choices with data management. There are no SQL systems, just like there are relational systems. In the relational systems, we've seen the growth of things like Postgres and MySQL, right? So our goal really is to meet the customers where they are. And if you are, you know, in when you have that mindset, it's vital we bring the most important partners as any partner, anybody who's interested in participating in the cloud journey with us, onto Azure. I'll give you some examples. Uh, you know, we have HDI, which is, uh, you know, uh, you know, it is HD Insight. This is a full-featured managed Hadoop in the cloud. We also have COSIL agreements with Hortonworks and Cloudera. We coexist. We do not compete. Hmm. We have Databricks, which runs as a first-party service. They are the founders of Spark, and they run as a first-party service in Azure, as Azure Databricks fully integrated with our stack, fully integrated with things like Active Directory. We also have HDI Spark. We coexist. We do not compete. The list is endless. We have Elastic, right? We have a list of customers that on first glance, uh, an open source company, why even partner with them? But the reality is that's not how we approach it. Azure is an open cloud, and we will forever be an open cloud. Yeah, uh, I I understand Databricks just went through Series E funding. Yeah. What do you see your strategy around Databricks for the next year, six months? Yeah. We will continue to do our best to make them as successful as possible in Azure and in the service of our customer. You know, when you think about machine learning and AI, the there are there's a couple of things we see here. There's a set of customers that are coming to machine learning via the big data ecosystem. Right. So you collect a ton of data, right? You've done your data warehousing and analytics there. Then you say that, Hey, listen, I've got a whole bunch of data that I'm going to put in a data lake, right? And uh, probably an HDFS uh, compatible system. Use your favorite Hadoop engine on top of it. Spark and Kafka have sort of broken out in that world. And then they say, Hey, I've got all this data. I've built my data pipelines. I think I want to use it for machine learning, right? Databricks. Sw- fit so beautifully in that sort of nexus. Mm. Then there's a set of customers that come in and say, well, we are a bunch of developers, we're building apps, and we like a much more code-first environment. We've got a, and also a notebook environment, but you know, code-first, maybe a, a little bit of a low-code environment, that we've got AML. 
right? So it's it can't be that when you're in such a vital early space, uh, you you you're sort of you know uh, close-minded to the different approaches that people are applying there, mm-hmm. and we've got to meet our customers whether they come in this way or the other way. Now, I I love just coexist. I yeah. I think that's huge and. I honestly think that's one of the biggest themes that we're going to see yeah. moving forward where more and more organizations embrace the idea of we're not competing. Yeah. We're working with you because customers aren't just going to go with one distribution or they're going to go with one, yeah. one company. They're going to spread it out. Yeah. Speaking of which, give me, give me an example. What's your favorite customer success story when it comes to just being able to use it, whether it's SQL, data warehouses, building that data pipeline? Yeah. So I, I think one of the, one of my favorite examples is a, a company that engages in uh, smart grid management, okay, called eSmart Systems. Uh, if you haven't heard of them, uh, they uh, essentially specialize in troubleshooting and repairing down power grids all over United States. And take Florida, for example. Unfortunately, you know, always in the high of the hurricane, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, before uh, eSmart Systems and their approach to it, a power line goes down, a grid goes down, you really have to troubleshoot. You'll have to let people wade in with their, you know, our, their employees go in, figure out where it's down, do a bunch of troubleshooting. My f- favorite part of the story is how they've used data and AI and database, in fact, to solve this problem. And what they've done, what they do now is they now send out quadcopters, drones with cameras fitted. Right. And these cameras are fitted with a machine learning model that essentially can tell the difference between a healthy grid and a downline and things like that. So they sh- they send it out over the affected area. The data is sent into the cloud, Azure, runs machine learning, understands exactly what's going on, and, and communicates back to headquarters saying that, hey, listen, you might want to send a set of technicians to, say, this road or this intersection because it looks like there's a down power line, Right. Uh, here is an example of a customer that's innovating in a way with cloud data and AI that's it's never been possible before and doing it in a way that they are, you know, profoundly affecting, uh, you know, helping, uh, you know, customers as well as helping their employees. That's awesome. And so Kyle and I were actually very lucky to be out here for the data and AI immersion event this week. Did you enjoy it? Oh, it was, oh, it was amazing. A, and um, Absolutely incredible. It, it was it was. Brilliant. I loved it. Uh, one of the things I love the most is the story around the drones and the, uh, windmills. Yes. And, you know, because of the hazard and the time it takes to actually have a drone, train a drone, you know, physically around the windmill, you are creating the environment virtually. Yeah. You are then training the drone via your computer. Yeah. And then putting it into production. So tell, like, I think that's a great story. That's a great, uh, thing. How is Microsoft enabling a wider spread, you know, training of AI capabilities. See, I think, see, the, the thing is we are on a journey in this area, just like our customers are. There are, I would say we are still, you know, uh, there's a, uh, the way I sometimes imagine AI and machine learning, it, it feels like we are in the early days of the internet. You know, uh, I still remember as a grad student, you know, in the late 90s, or uh, sorry, undergrad in the late 90s. And, uh, you know, you could just literally visit only 12 sites. Okay, just 12 sites. That's all there were, you know, 12 sites. That's all you could go to. And here we are today. It is so essential. It's woven into every aspect of our lives. 
my children you know have never lived in a world without the internet i think ai you know will be that transformative thing so the lesson i learned then that i apply here today is that really not to stand in the way of great tech put the right guardrails around it around ethics of ethics around ai uh, around ai for good mm-hmm. but in general let the technology ma- mature and develop according to how our customers think about it versus how we think about it so this is one of the reasons why in azure we provide building blocks right mm-hmm. vision speech language those are building blocks uh, we provide different machine learning approaches and then we welcome customers to see what they can create on it this is how e smart is possible this is why the example you see is possible uh, so what you will see from us is more of that continued experimentation that com- continued journey and you can believe it we will continue to cast a wide net so i know you heard about things like onyx right again it's an it's a an, uh, commitment from us not to engage in an unproductive framework battle right what's the point of that if you know if somebody wants to use pytorch by all means let them use pytorch if they want to use tensorflow let them use tensorflow uh, scikit learn by all means use scikit learn you know what onyx allows you to do is to basically you know regardless of the framework you use you can actually be productive across all of them right so that sort of unifying approach is what ai needs today and that's what we are committed to providing yeah now it- As customers are entering this AI journey, yeah. What are you seeing be the biggest challenge for customers? Is yeah. it data education, tech? I I think the first biggest challenge I see is uh there's obviously there's a lot of froth uh and froth comes with uh with a little with exciting as it is. It also comes with a lot of practical considerations that you have to, you know, you have to walk, work through. Mm-hmm. The first is actually to get that data estate in order. right so you know you've collected if you take an average enterprise that we work with they've collected data over the over the lifetime of that corporation on premises in the cloud in various data lakes in various systems so getting that data under management and getting that right is really the first step as boring as that sounds unless you know what you have how do you know what you can do with it wrangling is not easy wrangling is not easy so that should be a t-shirt by the way wrangling's not easy i think i think that should be the <laughs> yeah the subject the tagline the on a t-shirt <laughs> we could do that yeah. Yeah. trade version 2 yeah. that's awesome <laughs> we'll send you one <laughs> thank you I'd, i'd like i'd wear it proudly too Absolutely. next broadcast next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah great uh so um yeah so once they do that you know the, you know the, the insights they get from it can be turned into action right and and in ai just like in analytics if you remember the early days of hadoop right no one started with a clean sheet of paper everybody starts with some legacy here right but it takes a while for them to work through that legacy really understand what they have before they start uh, you know getting places uh the second challenge i have that that i see with customers is you know really making sense of the wide variety of technologies and approaches that are mm-hmm. available So this is where we are also being uh, taking a very clarifying approach right i just explained databricks and azure machine learning mm-hmm. right so what we tell our customers is exactly that if you're a big data person if you're committed to the spark ecosystem by all means come this way yep. if you're not 
go the other way. No, that's awesome. I, I, we're super excited about what Microsoft is doing in the analytics space and the AI space, just providing customers with a wide range of tools and services. It, yeah. It's great. We were blown away by this week. And you know, we were talking like we, we did not realize the depth and breadth of what you guys are doing in the space. So that's awesome. JG, thank you so much for being on thank the you. podcast. We really enjoyed it. Uh, say hi to Captain Nemo for us as well. I absolutely will. Gonna follow <laughs> on also, but we really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Big Data Beard Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Data Work Summit, taking place in Washington, D.C., May 20th through the 23rd. If you're interested in going, use promo code BDBEAR19 for 15% off your conference pass. The music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. Check him out on iTunes or Spotify.